as I was meditating, I was reminded of a few things that is always good to remember. It's very easy to go into meditation and to keep your focus into the world if you're not careful. Our focus is naturally while we're in the body and our eyes are open is to focus into the world and participate in the world and to look out into the world for answers, understanding, for success, experience, whatever it might be. But in meditation, we really want to begin to look above the world. We want to let go of the body consciousness. We want to let go of looking down and out for answers, solution, understanding, and experience. And begin to go on a different part of our journey of life, which is inward and upward. And that inward and upward takes us above the physical consciousness. The physical consciousness exists of several different components. It has the body consciousness, this physical form that we live in and that we have to learn and and move in and experience through. We have our imagination. We have our emotions. We have our mind. And we have an unconscious. And a few of us live in our unconscious, especially when we're meditating. We just go into that unconscious state and we come back out of meditation and wonder, what happened? Did I do anything? (laughs) Did I snore? What happened? But that's just a natural element of the physical consciousness. And when we begin to actually look up, we will gravitate into that unconscious or just to the top of the mind at first. And it's very interesting. There's two doorways and there's two levels of consciousness that we are having to deal with when we're living in this world, when we're living in this body, when we're living in this state of separation from the spiritual realms that really are our true home. Because you have to remember, we are soul. The truth of who we are is we are spiritual beings. We are soul. We are not this body. And the meditation that we do here is to help you to wake up and to remember once again that that is who you really are. You are spirit. You are soul. You are using this body to have experience here, but you are not the body. This body is an instrument, a tool by which you can move into this physical creation and have experience here. Because the spiritual form that you really are, the spirit, it isn't of the material world and it can't experience in the material world without a material body to experience in. And that's what this is. But when we are living in this world, we begin to really identify ourselves as the body and all that the body consciousness is made up of. Have you ever found yourself living kind of split apart? The body is wanting one thing. The emotions are wanting another. The mind is telling you yet something else. And you're wondering, what the heck is going on here? Who am I in here? Who, what do I really want? 
out of all that is going on inside. Well, in meditation, and I was reminded of it today very clearly because as I was going through the different levels of consciousness of the body and moving up in that inward and upward focus, I became aware that for most part, we are accustomed to what's called the third eye, the psychic eye, which is at the very top of the physical consciousness. And if any of you have ever done yoga, you know that there's a part of yoga where you sit and begin to chant the Om and hold your attention inward and follow the Om. Well, the Om will take you to the top of the physical consciousness. It'll take you to that psychic door, that psychic eye, that third eye, and begin to wake you up to that frequency at the very top of the mind. That's where we can become self-aware. And that's what Buddha was. Buddha was self-aware. But what we want to become in this practice, on this spiritual quest, is spiritually aware. We want to go beyond the self and wake up to the spirit of who we are and wake up to those realms that are our true nature and our true home. And that is the spiritual eye center, the spiritual door. It's often called in the East the tenth door. And so side by side, right next to each other, not really side by side, but below and above, are two doors. You have the psychic eye, the third eye, the pituitary, the sixth chakra. And then above it, you have the spiritual eye center. And that spiritual eye center is not physical at all. It is not a physical place where you can actually pinpoint where the psychic eye is, the third eye. All you have to do is count the physical chakras of the physical body. One, two, three, four, five, six. And that's the psychic third eye center. The pituitary gland is a focus point of that particular chakra. The seventh chakra is the crown chakra, and it is the pineal. But it's right in between those two, the sixth chakra and the seventh chakra, that the spiritual door, the spiritual eye, the spiritual center is found. And it's at that place that we can begin to wake up to the truth of who we are as soul. And so as you're going into meditation, you want to pay attention and see where am I focusing? Where is my attention going to? And what is the experience that I'm having at that place where I'm holding my attention to? It's very easy to find the psychic door. It's very easy to find that third eye. Because it is a part 
of the physical consciousness. And we're very accustomed to the mind and all the elements of this physical creation. And it's easy when we close our eyes to go right there to the psychic eye. It's a natural process for the body to hold its focus there. And it's also easy to find because if you sit quietly and close your eyes and just begin to look up a little bit and chant Om out loud over and over, you're going to eventually, if not immediately, begin to feel the frequency of that Om vibrating right there at this third eye center. And it's a very obvious frequency, a very obvious vibration that you can actually feel when you're chanting the Om. And it's a familiar frequency, it's an obvious frequency for the body consciousness to be aware of that. And you living in this body and living through the mind so much, you're very accustomed to the physical nature. But many of us here have forgotten what it is to live in our spiritual nature. It's a very high frequency in comparison to this physical body. The spiritual nature, the soul, is a separate frequency uh, from this creation. And it's very subtle in comparison. And so it takes more attention, more focus, more awareness to begin to experience the movement, the frequency, the vibration of that spiritual eye center that we want to hold our attention to and come awake to. When you chant the hue, you can also feel a frequency that's above that ohm center, above the third eye center. You can feel a frequency in the consciousness. It isn't in the body. It's in the consciousness. Where with the ohm, it is also in the body, as well as in the body consciousness. And so you have to pay attention to it but you can also feel that and it gives you a reference point of where it is to begin to hold your focus to wake up to the truth of who you are a soul. Now, it's just the beginning point. It's very interesting. The third eye is the, one of the ending points of awakening the self of awakening totally into the self-consciousness. The Om is the highest level that you can achieve in yoga. And it wakes you up to the self-knowing. But we want to take a step above that and begin to wake up into the truth and the knowing of who we are as soul, as divine, as spirit. And that's a whole different frequency and a whole different creation. And that's where we really live and dwell as soul. So in order to wake up to that, 
we have to really begin to pay attention. And the way that our soul and the Holy Spirit that works with us to bring us awake into the soul level begins to assist us in that awakening as it comes forward as light and sound. And so as we're beginning to hold our attention on the hue, or one other phrase that we use is anihu or anihu, which means I am God in Hebrew, as well as in many different languages throughout the world. We can begin to wake up into that subtle frequency where we begin to open that spiritual center within us that begins to allow us to live more in the truth of who we really are as soul, as divine, as loving. I always say, we as soul are the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who we are. And it's for us to wake up and to begin to live in that loving essence and then to begin to live that loving essence into all that we do so that we are living more as soul in the world and not soul trapped in the world and in this body. So one thing that we can begin to see and know that we are waking up at the spiritual eye center is we may begin to see light, light inside. Now you can also see light inside as you begin to open up the psychic door, that third eye, but the lights are different. The colors are different. And the direction that that light is going to carry you is different. The lights that you will see at the psychic door are a part of the world of reflection that this creation is a part of. The physical realms are but a reflection of the true, which is in spirit. And so the light that you see at the spiritual, at the psychic eye, at the third eye, is the light of reflection. And so when you begin to see and open up that door, you're going to see the reflection. It's a shimmering light, but it takes you more horizontally out, not upward. It takes you back out into the physical creation. But when you begin to open up to that spiritualized center, and that door opens and you begin to see the light of spirit, it's a direct light of your own soul and the light of the realms above. And it's not a light of reflection, it's direct light, it's direct truth, it's direct presence. And you begin to know the difference if you pay attention to that which is true and that which is reflection. One way that you will be aware that it's the light of the true is by the clarity and the consistency of the color of the light. 
the higher light, the light of spirit, it actually begins off in a blue. And you'll go through several different hues, if you will, of the blue and move on into the purple, into the gold, and into the white. And that is you waking up into the first elements of soul consciousness in the spiritual realms. The blue light is you beginning to wake up to the truth of who you are as soul itself. The blue light is the light of soul awareness. And you begin to wake up in the knowing of who you are as that living, loving essence of God. And then when you begin to see the purple, you are now aligning that essence of who you are as soul into that movement of the divine river of loving that Rumi talked about, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to assist you in your journey of life experience, not in this body, but as your soul. It is a soul that brought you, I mean, sorry, it's the Holy Spirit that brought you soul into creation and has been with you throughout all of your existence, taking you through all your experiences, giving you direction and guidance and clarity, even when you didn't want it. And there's times when that's true because the Holy Spirit will come in and say, mm, do you really want to do that? I think you're going to hurt yourself. And you go, oh, shut up. I know what I'm doing. And it says, okay, you'll have your experience and learn the hard way. But I'm here to help you if you want to do it a different way. That's the purple light. And when the purple light begins to come present in our lives consciously, especially in meditation, we are on a different part of the journey of life experience. And the Holy Spirit comes in to begin to assist us more directly and more consciously on that next part of the journey, which is now returning back to the spiritual realms from where we came. We've been living in separation. We've been living separate from the spiritual realms, which are our true home. By getting caught up in the physical and choosing to continue to reincarnate over and over again and again. I mean, wouldn't you want to come back here over and over and over? Isn't this place just so much fun? Think about it. Is it or isn't it? Well, in a way, yeah, it is a lot of fun, but in a way, it's miserable. It's hard. It's painful. It's lonely. I always feel alone. Even when I'm with somebody I really love, I'm still alone. What's wrong with this picture? No matter how many times they say I love you, I don't feel it. I don't believe it. It doesn't change my life. No matter how many times I say I love them, it doesn't change me. It doesn't change them. And we still feel separate. We feel alone. But not in the realms of spirit. In spirit, you are one. You are the divine living loving of, of God. 
that essence that you are as soul is loving. And it is ever moving and flowing in that river of loving that is in the realms of spirit. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to assist you in lifting back up into the frequency and into the movement of that river of loving so that once again you can join into oneness with that element of who you really are, letting go of all the essence of this creation that creates separation, which is the components of this physical consciousness. So in meditation, you want to pay attention to where it is you're really focusing, what it is you're really waking up to, and what direction is your experience of meditation taking you. We want to go up. We want to continue going up in this action of meditation on sound and light. We want to continue going up and wake up into the truth of who we are as soul and to begin to truly experience that divine element of loving and to wake up into the truth of who we are as loving beings. And that, I know, can be done while we're in the body, while we're having conscious experience here. It's just a matter of us taking the time to do that by sitting down daily and giving some time for God to come awake up inside of us. Rumi put it so clearly in one of his poems. Actually, it's in several of his poems. But to his disciples, he said over and over, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. Wake up and know the truth of who you are as soul. Wake up and live the loving that you are. Wake up and let go of the illusion that you have been chasing. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. We've been asleep. We have been asleep to the truth of who we are, and we are believing the illusion. We are believing a great dream. And it is time now for us to wake up. Wake up to the truth and begin to live the simple truth and stop chasing after the illusion of the world and the illusion of all the elements of this body consciousness that it is ever chasing after. Spirit is simple. And that's the problem. Spirit is so simple. And the mind has taught us that everything has got to be hard and complex. You have to work for it. It can be painful. But waking up to spirit isn't that at all. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. It is simple. It is easy. It is grace-filled. And it is joyful. And it is something that then you can bring down into this physical form and into this physical world and live even while you're in the body. It isn't something that you will get when you leave the body at the last breath of death. 
And then you get the reward of the loving and the peace and the joy. You can have it right here. And in order to do that, you just have to give up some time every day and sit down and go inside and begin to wake up just as Rumi asked you to do, asked all of us to do. And it's not just Rumi who has said it. It's all the great teachers of this spiritual pathway that have said it over and over again and again. Jesus said it as, you have to be born again. You have to be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, the allegory of being born again was the way that in Hebrews' time, in the Jewish time, where the Kabbalah was being taught, where the mystics were very powerful in the Jewish state, that they talked about being born again. And to them, that was a statement of waking up, waking up to the truth, once again and living the truth of who we are. Being born again and waking up are the exact same thing. We have to be born once again into the spirit from which we have gone asleep. We have to wake up and we have to be born. And it's very interesting because in meditation, people sometimes will actually experience being born as they begin to wake up to the truth of who they are in spirit. They will have an experience of actually being a baby, being born. As that consciousness comes awake and then they begin to wake up and grow, into their spiritual self. And one of the allegories, the stories, is about a child who is born in a cave. And then he grew up and goes out into the world to live as a spiritual being and performs miracles and demonstrates to himself and to others that he has risen above the physical form. And no longer is he trapped in this body, but he is free of it. Free so much that he is able to ascend up into the spiritual realms. And it's really the story of Jesus' birth. He was born in a cave. He was born in a cave. Well, This is a cave. The soul comes into the physical body and gives birth to the life of consciousness here. And it's called a cave of birth by the mystics. And it is also this cave that we have to return back to and resurrect ourselves from this physical form and ascend up into the spiritual self, even while we're in the physical form. And that's all done in, through meditation. And the path of sound and light is all about that action of awakening. 
and ascending upward into the spiritual form of her own soul and living from the soul and not from the mind in physical form. I hope that makes some sense. It makes sense to me. That's all that matters. (laughs) I understand it. The action for you is to be willing to give up some time every day to spend in meditation. You know, there's a principle in the world that is so misunderstood as far as I'm concerned. And that's the principle of tithing. Tithing is not about money. And all the spiritual teachers that truly teach about tithing will tell you one thing. It's about giving time to God every day. God asked us to spend time every day in tithing our time to God, giving God an opportunity to live with us in our daily life and for us to live in God and with God in our daily experience. So it's about us giving up time every day to sit down and close our eyes and spend time in focusing our attention and our loving with God. And that's how we wake up. We wake up to the truth of who we are as soul by doing just that. The meditation practice that we do is very, very simple. It's about you having a loving relationship with God directly. It's about loving. You are loving. You were created as a loving essence so that God had something outside of God's self to love and be loved by. And it's for us to move back into that truth of who we are and why we were created in the first place. And that is to love God and to let God love us. So we go into meditation not with a focus of, oh, Lord, please answer these questions for me. Oh, Lord, please get me out of this. And begging God and praying to God and trying to figure things out and getting answers and getting understanding of things. That's a game and a trap of the mind. We want to wake up to the true movement and the essence of our own soul and the movement and the true essence of spirit, the realms of home that we came from and that we're returning to again. And that's done by simply sticking to a simple process of loving God in our meditation and opening to receive God's loving. You close your eyes. You begin to center yourself by chanting the hue several times out loud and continuing to chant it inwardly. And in that process, you're saying to yourself, as I chant the hue, I am loving you, Lord. I am loving you. And in my chanting of the who or the hue, however you want to pronounce it, I am also opening to receive your love. And I am loving you and I am receiving your love. And I am loving you and I am receiving your love. And that's what the meditation is about, period. 
and you'll sit there and you'll chant the hue and you'll have that intention and you'll begin to focus your loving on God and then the mind will kick in and off you go on a nice little journey. And about 10 minutes later you go, oh my God, what am I doing? And you pull your attention back once again to center and you begin to chant the hue again and you go into meditation loving God and allowing God to love you and the emotions come up and go, did you really do anything with those feelings that I was stirring up inside of you earlier? No, let's see. Now, why were you angry at that person? Let's stir that up again. Let's remember why we're angry. And you might go through 15, 20, 30 minutes of that and then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm meditating. Stop it. And you bring yourself back to center again by chanting the hue and begin to share in your love with God and receiving God's loving. And you just do that over and over and over. Realizing that the body consciousness until you get it trained and even when you get it trained will keep trying to do what it can to attract you back down. No, 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 there's nothing up there. What are you going up there for? Hey, the mind's the highest part. What are you going above the mind? There is nothing up there. There's nothingness. Stay down here. Well, I guarantee you there's something much higher and more wonderful above the mind if you'll just stop paying attention to it and start waking up to the truth of who you are. And it's simply done by loving God and allowing God's love in. And the really tricky part of this is you don't have to believe in God and you don't have to believe in loving and you don't have to believe in soul. Just sit down and do it anyway. And I can guarantee that there will be a day where you're going to realize that something happened. Something moved, something changed, a door opened, and all of a sudden, you felt a movement of loving. Oh my God, I really felt something inside of me move that was warm and brilliant and affectionate and caring and loving, and, and it was focused on something outside of myself, but yet it is inside of myself. And I felt something also loving me. And that's how you'll begin to know what I'm saying is true. You've got to have your own experience. This isn't about what we say, Brian and I. This is about what is your experience. And you have a lot of experiences already. Look back in your childhood. Look back to the first thing you can remember where your experience consciously began. And just look at all the experiences you've had. Look at all the experiences you're having right now as I'm talking. Your mind's going off. Your emotions are going off. You're going, oh God, I could use a cup of coffee right now. He's so boring, I need to wake up. <laughs> well, it goes on. That's what the body does. And yet at the same time, there's this part of you that goes, oh my God, he's saying what I know. This is what I long for. 
This is it. But the body's not saying that. The body consciousness is saying, oh, God, what are we doing here for? There was a football game on today. We should be home watching that. Or, you know, it's just all kinds of stuff that will go on in the body while you're focused on this. But when you begin to experience that movement of loving, you will know something very different and your life will begin to change because that's what happens. When you begin to wake up as soul, your life has changed forevermore because your life is now more and more into that which is true as soul and spirit. And you begin to live in a different place inside yourself. And you begin to live and choose to live more into the loving and to bring that present into your life rather than live in the confusion and the chaos of this physical creation. And it's very interesting. If you go back, I, I learned about chaos some when I was growing up as a teenager. But I really learned a lot about this whole idea of this physical creation being created in chaos. When I went over to Egypt and began to take groups of people on tours of Egypt, first time I went over, I was invited by a group that was going over for me to come over and give my own spiritual interpretations of what I saw and felt traveling through Egypt. Rather than doing the psychic journey, they wanted to do more of a spiritual quest. And they wanted me to come along and give my spiritual understanding of what it is I was experiencing, what I saw in the journey of Egypt. And so we got there and first day we landed in Cairo and went to the hotel. And the next day we went to Saqqara. Saqqara is out in the desert outside of Giza complex. And it's one of the first pyramids that was ever built several thousand years ago by the pharaoh Zoser. And Imhotep was his architect. And all around, as we were looking, I noticed this, this mud brick wall that was in, is just falling down, but it was still essence of it there. All around, on the very, very far outskirts of the city as we were touring around. And so I asked the guide, this architect, uh, the architect, this archaeologist that was traveling with us, I said, so what is the story behind this wall? Because it's very different than just a wall. It has a pattern to it. And he says, oh, you see the pattern? And I said, yeah, you can see it. It's it's a, a waving movement like that. And he says, that's it. It's a wave. It's a wave. It's the first wave. It's a, it, The wall represents the first wave in the ocean of the world that was stirred up by God to create chaos here. And it's chaos that brought everything into beingness here. Before that, it was all still and quiet and there was nothing here. And God had to stir the waters and create a chaos within the stillness to bring about life in this physical world. And 
So then he sat with us the next night, that night, and told us the whole story of how they would worship in the temples. And one of the main actions that they, the priest, had to do every day was to go in and, in a sense, stir the waters once again and to create and feed the chaos to keep it alive. And so the priest and the worship of the gods in the temples were to create and keep this chaos going. And the walls around the temples were a reminder of that first wave of chaos that they were ever trying to keep in motion. Because if the waters ever were no longer chaotic and became still, everything would come to an end. This world would not exist anymore. And I went, oh my God, I know that so well. Because in my prayers and in my meditation, as a child and teenager and on up, I knew that chaos so well because I was always trying to get above the chaos of my own being and the chaos of this world that I could feel and see in myself and in others and in just the movement of expression and experience here. And what I wanted to do was get into that simplicity, into that quiet, above the chaos once again. And when I could do it, it was wonderful. And that's where I discovered the loving. And that's where I discovered that if I could look up and follow that movement of loving back to God and open and receive that movement of loving to me that was lifting me back into God, that the chaos became more quiet, even when I was in the midst of it. Because as soon as you open your eyes, chaos, here we are. We're in the realms of chaos once again. But after a while in meditation, I learned that I could be in the realms of chaos, but all I have to do is look up here and I'm at peace. I am in stillness. I'm in loving. And then I learned I don't even have to close my eyes to do that. I can just be focused that way. I can continue to hold my attention up here into soul, into spirit, into God, even while I have my eyes open and am doing my day. And I can be at peace in the midst of the chaos. Now, I wish that could be true 100% of the time. But it can be true 50, 60, 70% of the time. And the nice thing is, once you have lived into that place of peace and centeredness and loving, it's very easy to focus back into it again and again. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Until you find your living there most of the time. But at first, it can be a struggle. (laughs) But you do it daily by sitting down, closing your eyes, and lifting your consciousness up to that seat of the soul, not the seat of the mind, not the place where you become self-aware. It's nice to be self-aware. 
But what do you have in the end? You have awareness of your physical self. And you can have dominion over a lot of things of the self-physical consciousness doing that. You can have a powerful mind. You can have dominion and control of your emotions to a great extent. You can have a lot of creativity. You can create a lot of things in the world because you have dominion over that creative force. And so you can structure it to work with the emotions and the mind to bring about things in manifestation in the world. And you can even have certain controls over the body. That's what yoga is. In many of the yogic practices, it's really about physical control, physical powers. Well, I decided I wanted more. My longing was for God. My longing was for spirit. My longing was for loving. And if you go to that, all the other falls into place. You don't have the struggle of trying to bring the mind under your own dominance. If you lift above the mind, going to spirit through soul consciousness, after a while the mind gets tired of you bypassing it and going up and it not knowing where you're going. And all of a sudden, instead of trying to pull you back down, all of a sudden the mind goes, yeah, 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 go, go up there again. I like that feeling. Whatever that is that you experience up there, when you come back, it's nice. Go on, go, go do it. I don't understand where you're going, but go do it anyway. And it'll come into cooperation. And I often used to talk a lot about the lower mind and the higher mind. And the lower mind is ever focused on the world, down and out. It's down there. It's in a book. It's in that body out there that you've got to go chase after. It's in that car. It's in the money. It's in the job. It's in all those degrees. Oh, those degrees. We've got to get the degrees. Then you get the money. And then you get the body to have affectionately with. You know, that's the lower mind. And it is ever chasing after itself into the world. But if you can begin to lift up above that and into the higher mind that will cooperate with you, all of a sudden your life begins to get simpler and easier and quieter and you begin to let go of the world and just move in the world. Be in the world, but not of the world, Jesus said. And that's what that means. Be in it, but don't be of it. Don't get caught up in it. Don't be all involved and invested in the world. Be the truth of who you are a soul and be in it in this physical world because you're here to have experience here. That's while the soul is here. The soul is here to learn about this aspect of God and these levels of creation that are called reflection. It's also the tree of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. And boy, do we learn about good and evil. If you haven't been focusing and paying attention, that's what this is about. It's about learning about polarity, learning about separation, learning about the duality of this creation and learning in that process how to bring it back together again into one and living in the oneness 
while in the world of duality. That's neutrality. That's center. That's loving. Loving, centeredness, and neutrality is all found in the oneness, not in the separateness, not in the duality, not in the polarity of positive and negative. It is in neutrality, in that place of centeredness and quiet, of peace and loving. Be in the world, but not of it. That's the key. And that's found easily in the meditation that we're doing. It's a simple practice. It's so simple, it's hard. Because with the psychic meditations, you go in there and you become psychic. And you have visions. And you have dynamic experiences at the astral realm level, which is the realm of imagination. And the imagination can kind of create a lot of stuff for you to be excited about and to chase after. And it can bring a lot of things to you at that level. But it is still caught up in the chaos and the excitement and the polarity and the duality. When it's subtle, it can be a challenge. Because loving is simple. Loving is subtle at first. Until you begin to live into the loving more and more. So, that's a little bit of a sharing about these two doorways. The psychic and the spiritual. This, or just one above the other. And where you want to focus. Don't focus on the third eye. The third eye will just take you up and out in a horizontal direction back into the world. It'll give you more adventure. I'll say that. The psychic realms is very adventurous, very exciting. I can tell you all about the psychic realms. I've been there. I've done it over and over, not just this lifetime, but others. But fortunately, it was just part of the journey. It wasn't the end of the journey. You will go through the psychic realms to get up to the higher realms. And as they say in the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, to me, the man behind the curtain is all that stuff having to do with the psychic realms. Pay no attention. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. It's all magic. It's all done with machines and fireworks. Pay no attention to that. Just keep going higher. If you do that, you will wake up to the loving. You will wake up into the knowing of God. You will wake up and know that God truly loves you. And you will find greater fulfillment in that knowing than anything you can ever accomplish in this world. And that's the truth, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's my experience, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>